Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So, um, yeah, one thing that I want to just also um, speak of, if you were at the Business Leaders Conference, you would have heard Christy just share his testimony of how he resigned from work because he felt called to um, really impact youth. And he felt a good way to do that is through um, becoming a teacher. And uh, becoming a teacher obviously takes a bit of a, a, a journey if you're not qualified yet. Um, but really to be faithful to the call and uh, to take this big step into ministry and into, like he, he's a teacher now, but it's still ministry, because he's a youth minister. <laughs> it's just a bit of difficulty there as well. But like to, to remain faithful to the call for more than a year without work. Like, and, and, and what I never realized, and he said it on Saturday last week, was like his previous employment said you can always come back. And I mean, that's the challenge. So there's always a, a, a back door to go back on. On, um, like away from your calling. So you step into it, you lean into it, and then you step back. And that really links nicely to the message that I want to share this morning and something that I've been meditating on um, actually for a long time. And then this week, I just felt all of it come together is how do you wait? Like how do you wait? Like how, how do you do? What do you do when you wait, while you wait? Like it's such a... We, we don't maybe think about it enough, I realize, because what Christo did while, while he waited is that he was still faithful to the call. There was financial difficulties, there's different things, there's a challenge. He did Bible school, he did uh, his private studies, he had to, to find work here and there. He was serving already without getting paid in a school twice a week um, because he was faithful to the process. Now the opposite side of, uh, like not the opposite side, there's, there's, let's say, why is this important? Why is this important? Because if you're not good at waiting, you're going to be good at messing up. Like, if you're not good at waiting, you're going to be good at messing up. Like, you can ask Abraham and Sarah. They weren't good at waiting, okay? And then we see Ishmael, okay? We, we, we see even Moses was a bit hasty, and we see there's a delay to the plans of God because he was hasty and he took things into his own hands. There's so many people, of many Second World War stories, for instance, people aren't good at waiting for the spouse to return, and then they are actually unfaithful. If you ever watch Pearl Harbor? That's just a story, I know, but I'm sure there's many. And then the, the guy returns and like, oh, now I've got two husbands. Because why? You were not willing to wait. You were not patient. Patient endurance. Now, there's a reason that patience and long-suffering is part of the fruit of the Spirit. I've realized. Okay? So I'm asking you this morning, are you good at waiting? And some people would say this is a message that's completely not in faith. Well, how you wait will determine whether you're in faith or not. Not the outcome. But because we also realize often that we think waiting is the precursor. Waiting is what we do before we do what we want to do. But often waiting is so part of the story that we, 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 we need to be better at it. Okay? How do you wait? What do you do while you wait? And there's so many things in life that we need to wait on. Anyone waited for month end? Payday. <laughs> Depending where you work. Amen. Life requires patience because there's a lot of waiting to do. Waiting on God. Waiting for things to work out. Waiting for things to fall in place. Waiting for that special someone to show up in our lives. Maybe you're married and you're waiting to fall pregnant. Waiting in the queue for your driver's license. 
anyone being a good steward of God's grace while you were waiting for your driver's license? Maybe, worse yet, waiting in a hospital's waiting room while someone that you love is lying unconscious in the operating theater. What do you do while you wait? How good are you at waiting? What about waiting that makes you uncomfortable? What is it about waiting that makes us so uncomfortable? Even angry. What is it about waiting that makes us uncomfortable and even angry? Is it maybe the fact that we feel we are wasting time? Or the fact that we actually come to a complete standstill and have to face our own thoughts? You know, there was a day not too long ago when you were in a waiting room that there was conversation. You were in a waiting room or in a queue and you would chat to the people around you. Now what happens is we're in a waiting room and we take out our phones because everyone else has taken out their phone already. So we're actually missing out on so much because we're not connecting, we're not, we're not linking, but we're also not just sitting. We're not wanting to be quiet with ourselves and our own thoughts. We, we're running away from something. Maybe some demons, some thoughts, some plans, some disappointment. So what do you do while you wait? Now the problem is that if you're not good at waiting, like I said, you'll make many mistakes, but you also miss out on what God wants to do. Because God is in the waiting. God is in the promise. But God didn't just promise Christ and then disappeared. God was in the promise of Christ, and then He was in the process of seeing Christ manifest. Anyone with me? So none of the Old Testament is wasted just because Jesus hasn't showed up yet. But everyone was waiting. Colossians 1.27 says, The hope of glory. Christ in you now, the mystery revealed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That which was hoped for, that which was waited upon. But all these people we read in Hebrews 11, they were actually good at waiting. Because they did not see the promise fulfilled, but they were still in faith. How good are you at waiting? You see, the reason it's so difficult for some of us to take a rest day or a Sabbath is often because it gives you time to think. It gives your soul time to catch up with your body. There's no more running away from your true self. Just being busy. I'm talking from experience. Okay? Sometimes I feel like uncomfortable until I open my laptop and I start working. Then I feel like, okay, this is, this is good. That's a drug, you know. Because we're uncomfortable if we're not busy. We're uncomfortable in the waiting. You see, one thing that is true about waiting is that none of us can escape it. None of us can escape it. Maybe you're waiting for that client to pay. You're waiting for your son to come home. You're waiting for Miss So-and-So to show up and say, Hey, let's get married. <laughs> Maybe you are uh, in a relationship and you're waiting for the person to propose. Maybe you're married and you're waiting for children. Maybe you're waiting for your children to come back from overseas. I don't know. There's so much waiting that we're doing. Anyone with me? Something was promised and it's not being done. There's a waiting. And often in the waiting is where we get off track. It's in the waiting that we either double down on the promise of God or it's in the waiting, that same waiting room of life, that we get off track. That we say, no, God's not going to come through. I know of a particular couple who um, were struggling to fall pregnant and I think the guy was already an atheist, and then eventually the lady who was a believer became an atheist because she said, well, if God doesn't give me a baby, then I'm not going to believe in him. 
It was all after multiple IVF failures and everything. So I understand there's, there's heartache. But then she fell pregnant. I haven't asked her yet, but like, are you now believing again? Because if that was your reason for not believing, then this is a good reason for believing. So what happens in the wait? How do we wait? Again, Chris's testimony from last week, and I know there's many others, is he waited well. He waited well in the difficulties. He stayed true, true to the promise, true to the call, true to the purpose that God has placed in his heart. And that's why he's now walking in it. Some of you don't know it, but school started on the Wednesday. The Monday this year, he still didn't have a job. That's waiting. I sent out his CV last year. I didn't tell him this till now. But they said to me in November, like, you're way too late. He got a job in January. They said November was too late. How well do you wait? Are you sticking true to the promise? This is not necessarily biblical. (coughs) But my grandmother, who's turning 90 in April, and has served God all her life. She was a missionary um, in the Northern Cape. She went by train to schools and different camps, and that's where she met my grandfather. She still, to this day, says God is never late. She says often his number is 99, but he's never late. (laughs) And I think we need to think about that a little bit, because it's not always God that's holding out on us. I believe it seldom is, but there's a process that we need to go through. The good news is that God is in the waiting, not just with us, but in the very process of waiting. It's formative. What God is doing with this church and this venue while we're waiting for what's next is formative. I'm sure you maybe have thought like, when are we now settling? When are we moving on? Why? You're not having a good time? I'm having a good time. We made things easier now for the dream team and we'll make it warm in summer. It's warm in summer and cold in winter, but we'll make it the other way around. We'll make it comfortable. But let's not miss, I've told the leaders, let's not miss what God is writing in this chapter. You see, that's the problem of the story, is like there's chapters to the resolution. And we want to take from the promise and jump to the resolution, and then what? To the next, to the next, to the next. Trying to teach my boys patience and say, hey, like, you can't just listen to the song you want to listen to all the time. There's more of us in the car. <laughs> and then what they do is they listen to the song they want to, and then they ask me, it's like not even 30 seconds in, they said, can you start it over? I'm like, no, you're going to wait for the song to finish, and then we can listen to another song, and then maybe we can listen to this song again. Because they need to learn to wait. You see, that's the, the, the thing of life. Patience is really what brings the, the, the maturity. God is in the waiting. So the question then is, what do we do while we wait? Or how do we wait? Okay, We can come to waiting, if you will, with the sense of hopelessness and despair. Or we can wait expectantly, like a pregnant mother. A pregnant mother is doing what? She's waiting for the baby. But the baby is growing. And she is expecting. We don't say the, the woman is waiting, which she says expecting. Okay, so why you haven't seen the manifestation of what you're trusting for, are you waiting or are you expecting? Because if you're expecting, there's growth. If you're expecting, there's process. If you're expecting, there's manifestation. But if you're just waiting, what are you waiting for? So many songs about this if you start realizing it. What are you waiting for and how do you do with the wait? We say they're expecting, 
for nine months until they give birth to new life. So I want to give you a quick um, personal story. When I was seven years old, some of you know that I was um, misdiagnosed for um, pneumonia. Misdiagnosed over a long weekend. There was a, um, not our usual doctor, but someone was locuming, and I can't remember how I went for x-rays, and even there they missed it. Like the person, the radiologist, missed the diagnosis. And um, I just got sicker and sicker. I was seven years old, grade one. It was September, and um, my mom just saw me, like fever just going up, and I'm just going down. Took me to the doctor, they didn't solve it, obviously. <clears throat> Eventually, my left lung collapsed, and I had an abscess that they had to, to drain. And I remember not a lot of that because I was seven years old. But I remember clearly that they wanted to operate. And I remember the intensity of the conversation in the room. And basically what the conversation was that there's a 50% chance that I'm not waking up. Okay? As a seven-year-old. Now you can think what my parents go through in that moment. And I think it was the Wednesday they wanted to operate like nine in the, the evening. And I was like, just give me one more night. Please operate tomorrow morning. But obviously it was better to do it sooner. Eventually, long story short, they could only do it the next day. And um, I didn't realize this until a few years back. While I was under a five or six or seven hours operation, they actually broke my ribs, they went in, I still have the scars here, um, and, they, and they drained everything. Obviously I made the 50% cut, so I'm here. <laughs> Praise God. I never realized what my parents did while I was in the operating theater. And what they did is how did they wait? Okay, and what they did is they actually went to Woolworths, which was across the road from the hospital, and they went and they bought pajamas for when I wake up. Sure. That's how you expect, not wait. That's faith. And I don't know if they didn't do that, if I would be here. Because someone else's faith can pull you through, amen? And that is faith without works is dead. They were putting works to their faith. They were keeping themselves sane as well. No? I mean... We've had, I, I, I think twice I've had to sit in the waiting room while a loved one is in the operating theater. And half an hour can feel like half a day. Yeah. And your mind runs into scary places. That's how we, we, we decide or how we determine how we wait. Can you bring your thoughts into captivity? Can you bring it back under control? Can you bring it back to the promises of God? And I'm so glad that my parents did that. I mean, not just that it pulled me through. I'm glad I'm here today. I mean, but also, it's a, it's, a, it's a legacy of faith that I was brought up in. Now, there's many things that, that we're still all growing in, but that speaks more than revelation of His verse. That speaks something about faithfulness to God. Trusting Him and, 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 and saying, hey, we're not just waiting, but we're expecting Him to wake up. And guess what? He's going to need pajamas. I was in hospital for 21 days, so I needed pajamas. <laughs> but that is such a, such a key for me, and that was such a... Uh, um, a nice account to recall, just in this message of how do we wait. Okay? I don't know if you realize, but the Bible is full of waiting. Full of instruction and encouragement on what to do while we are waiting. Like I said, Abraham waited very long for Isaac. You know, Elizabeth waited long for the birth of John the Baptist. Now, if she didn't wait long... And Mary didn't wait very short. Like, she wasn't really wanting to fall pregnant. Some people say that she was 14, probably. I think Elizabeth, the cousin, was 70. 
Now just think if they didn't give birth six months from each other, then John the Baptist and Jesus is not in the same generation. So we don't know why we wait sometimes, but there's a good reason for, for it to wait. <laughs> because we need Mary to be old enough to give birth to Jesus so that your son, John the Baptist, can lead the way saying this is the one. So we think often God says, hey, hold out, and we think he's unfaithful or maybe even evil. Why did you wait? let me wait so long? While well, he was working a perfectly good plan together by saying, hey, John the Baptist and Jesus needs to be in the same generation. So much greater plan than what we can come up with. So why are we waiting? Problem is we don't know. And we want to. God, why am I not seeing healing yet? Why am I not this? Where is the money coming up? When is that new job? When is the guy going to show up on his white horse and... Give me true love's forever kiss, or whatever that is. You see, faith really is being sure of God and what He said, while wandering through this uncertain world that we live in. Faith is not being sure of what we see. Faith is being sure of what God said. Okay? That's why we live by faith, not by sight. So when we don't know what it looks like or what's currently happening, we remain faithful to the one who is faithful, and that's why I'm so glad we sang that song, He's faithful till the end. So if it's not the end yet, he's still faithful. And guess what? He's going to be faithful in the end as well. Now, we can learn from Abraham. Because if he and Sarah were better at waiting, they would not have had the heartache of Ishmael and everything that followed after that. See, if you're bad at waiting, there's consequences. So I'm asking you this morning again, how are you doing while you're waiting? Are you waiting with a happy heart? Or are you waiting with a heavy heart? Are you expecting? Or are you waiting? I want to share with you something I've said before, but waiting isn't a preface nor a precursor. Waiting isn't what we do before we do what we want to do. You see, you get mail-order brides, but you don't get mail-order babies. Someone needs to be pregnant with them. And give birth. I've heard it in business where they say, nine ladies cannot make a baby in one month. You didn't get that? <laughs> There's nine months. Whatever you do, it's going to take nine months. You're going to have to wait. And I'm sure many moms would say, yeah, praise God for the nine months. I needed two more. Not in carrying, but in preparing. Getting the house ready and, and getting this ready and getting that ready. Yesterday, three years ago, we took in Franku, the first son in foster care with us. Three years ago. They phoned us at nine in the morning. We were in court at two, and he was with us before three o'clock the afternoon. Yeah. We wished we had a bit more time <laughs> to prepare. But if we're honest, we knew that we signed up for this. So we weren't so good at preparing while we were waiting. Okay? So are you ready? That's the thing. Someone said to me before, they're trusting for a car. And I heard someone ask them, do you have a driver's license? <laughs> Isn't that good waiting, like getting ready? No. I'm waiting for the car. They're not. No, it doesn't work like that. No. That's not faith. Faith is being ready, becoming ready, expecting. I'm expecting something so certainly that I'm going to get the driver's license. Amen? What is that for you? 
What is that for us? As much as the waiting feels like before, it is very much part of the actual story. Waiting time is where we are formed, matured, where we endure, and where our characters are formed. You see, the word speaks of seed, time, and harvest. This is what God has put in the foundation of the earth. We cannot get past it. You can't jump to fruitfulness. Even in ministry, leadership, whatever you want to do in business, you need to, sp- to put in the time. Does anyone hear that? You need to put in the time. You need to wait. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell in Outliers, he writes about the 10,000 hour rule. Now, it's not a rule, it's just stats. But he said if you, if you applied yourself for 10,000 hours, you become a specialist, you become a master. So guys, if you're not good at golf, or as good as you want to be, have you applied 10,000 hours? I hope not. Because <laughs> there's better things to do unless you do ministry on the golf course. But there's seed, time, and harvest. Okay, Mark 4.18 And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now we d- tend to jump to the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things, but I've realized those are the two that you can control. The deceitfulness of riches, you can go live on an island and, like, you don't need money. Amen? You can switch off the lust by just, like, I don't know, not going to the mall. The moment you go to the mall, you feel like you've got nothing. The moment you go to Kailitra, you feel like you're the king of the world. So you can control that. But what you cannot control is the cares of this world. Circumstances. Now, often circumstances are our own doing. Let's not speak about those. Let's speak about those that aren't. Like the petrol price, or load shedding, or whatever's happening, the fact that we need to send rands to Zimbabwe, which we need to convert to dollars, so it's not going to be much when it gets there. Okay? They can't do anything about the fact that they need to use the U.S. dollar. It's, it was done to them. But the cares of the world, that doesn't mean when it shows up, it means what do you do with the cares of this world? Are you letting it choke you, or are you choking it? Are you becoming a problem to your problems, or you just let your problems suffocate you? Because deceitfulness and desire is, is, is more sort of, like I said, under our control. But the moment we come to the cares of the world, it's things that happen to us. Okay? But what do we do? How do we respond to those things? Because still, if we don't, it becomes unfruitful. We become unfruitful. So if we're not good at this, then we're going to become unfruitful. There's a Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree is 200 years ago. The second best time is now. Why is that true? Because 200 years is time. I didn't know, but just realizing now the word that Lorenzo had for my wife. About the 10 years. And we finished ministry school in 2014. Seed, time harvest. The 200 years in the, in the Chinese proverb is just time. It's just, it, it just needs time. <laughs> you can buy a Christmas tree. You can buy a massive Christmas tree. But it's not going to grow bigger. It's not going to grow deep roots. It's going to fall over. It's not going to bear fruit. But Psalm 1 says we should be like trees. What is one of the things that trees are, are known for? Maybe not enough, but it's patience. Sometimes I look at people planting trees, I'm like, sure, you let geduld. Huh? Because <laughs> it's expensive to plant big trees. Why? Because time. 
Someone had to house that tree, feed that tree, take care of that tree. Now, that you, you're buying time, actually, when you're buying mature trees. Now, plant the small trees, because before you know it, your kids are going to play under them. But now, because we don't, we despise the day of small beginnings, we're not good at waiting, now we never have the tree. I'm just saying, like, we, as in me, but like, if you're part of it, I see some of you nodding. How are we doing with the weight? Are you waiting to have a massive business or are you faithful with what you've got? Are you waiting to be the CEO or are you faithful with the few people that you can influence? Are you looking to minister to the CEO or are you happy to minister to the tea lady who's just as equal with to God? Nah, there's more influence to the CEO. Of course there is. But he's more busy. So chances of him actually listening to you, getting an audience, sharing the gospel, and him responding is much less than the five tea ladies that you can speak to in a week. How are we doing in the waiting? You know, there's some waiting to do before the tree becomes valuable. We continue. Mark 4.26 says, and he said, So is the kingdom of God. How is the kingdom of God? Like this. Like if a man would cast seed in the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring up and grow, he knows not how. What Jesus is saying is the kingdom takes time. That's why the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Long-suffering. I never see CDs or magnets or books about that. <laughs> because it doesn't sell, but it's true. 28. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. Some of the prophecies we spoke of at Christo at business leaders was exactly that. Like you're going to step into places and, 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 and functions of authority, like that, but you're not going to have the authority, but go for it. It will follow you. It will come after. We don't need to wait for it. I mean, we don't need to wait for permission to minister. You see, there's a blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. We want to jump to fruitfulness, but there's a process to it, because guess what? There's a certain church here in Cape Town that when they planted... Before they planted their first service, they spent five million rand. Five million rand. Which they had. I mean, if we had five million rand, we would probably not put it in a venue. But the problem is there were thousands of people showing up to the first service and there were no leaders. Or not enough. So now what do you do? And you've got life groups with immature people leading them. Not necessarily having your heart, your culture, your message. So you need to put more, five million more in to keep it going. Amen. I'm glad that they had because they're still going. Praise God. That's not our model. Our model is slowly growing people, sending people off, seeing them minister in other nations, other areas, in schools, at Friday night ministry night, and saying, hey, there's fruit here. Let's elevate. Let's send off. Let's make it official. Let's appoint. We're not doing that because we're wanting fruitfulness. We're doing that because we're seeing fruitfulness. And now we're releasing them to see more fruit. Amen? Amen? Verse 30. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that is in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up, and becomes greater than all the herbs, and soothes um, out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Again, a tree. Smaller seed 
Big three. It's when we remember that God lives outside of time, that He is more interested in our character than our comfort, that we begin to make peace or even embrace the waiting. Can you imagine yourself, this is for all of us, coming to a place where we are happy to wait? Because we know that God is in the waiting. We know there's formation happening, there's character building. And we're not just so eager and productive that we're wanting to see the fruit, but we're happy to see the fruit come onto a mature tree. We're happy to grow deep roots so that when the storm comes, we don't fall over. We're happy to draw nourishment before we see the fruitfulness so that it doesn't come from us, but from Him. So that it's not us, but it's overflow. Imagine a place where you love God purely because He loves you first, as the Word says. And not because you need to muster up some faith and tell Him that you love Him and grit the teeth and commit yourself. And like, but you just love Him because you've sat under His love so much. You've sat under His Word so much. You spend time with Him so much that you cannot help but tell people. Can I give you a secret? That's our, that's our ministry. <laughs> that's what we want for you. Because we know that is fruitfulness. We know that is lasting. We know that will be something worth waiting for. The Lord does not delay. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. Famous verse, but have you read it? The Lord is not slow, is not slack. He does not delay. As though He was unable to act. So what it's saying here is God is not waiting for the sake of waiting. God is waiting because He's doing something. And it's speaking here of, why is God not coming back? Now a lot of people pray, come Lord Jesus, come. And we should. Amen. Revelation says that as well. If Jesus, let's say His second coming. I have some ideas around that, but I won't share that today. See if Jesus manifests today, and it's the end of all things as we know it. Today, like 25 February 2024. How many people go to hell? By us, Ejok. So why is he not coming back? Because he's slow to anger, he's gracious and kind. In the wait, and we say, Yo, Lord, I can't hear you. come. Really? Have you read some books about the Second World War? Watch a movie here or there where things were really bad? And then compare what we go through and think it's really, is it really, really that bad? Now if it was so bad and he didn't come then, just, I'm not prophesying, I'm just asking questions this morning. What are we doing while we are waiting for Jesus to return? What are we doing with our lives while we are waiting to go to heaven? Because Christianity is not your ticket out of here, it's your ride here. It is to get on the, 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 the four-wheeler of life and have an adventure. To bring kingdom, manifest right here while we wait. God is not slack concerning His promises as some count slackness. He is not as, as though He was unable to act and is not slow about His promise as some count slowness. But is extraordinarily patient, the Amplified says. You see, that's why He's God and we're not. Because we're not extraordinarily patient. Maybe I'm just, I'm not. I'm a production, productivity junkie. Yesterday I had to put a, a, a chest of drawers together. Yes, I was so proud. I did it in load shedding with a headlamp. But I did it according to a process. And I packed out all the numbers from 1 to 15, I think. I sent Jock a photo. 
I said, this is groot means Lego. And I even did batch production. Five shelves, so I did one, figured it out, and then I did four halfway, because I realized that when I need to change my tools. And then um, I did it all the way with the, the, the screwdriver, and then when I had to take the, the, the screwdriver out and put the drill bit in, I did the four, and I like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. I was like, that, that was a lacquer. That is my engineering side. <laughs> and we have another one, which is our TV stands on it, which is a bit bigger. And Natasha and I weren't ready. Like when, we had, we, when that box arrived, we were not ready. We, were, we thought it's going to put it, spook and pluck, 30 minutes. Four and a half hours later, <laughs> we were still figuring things out. So when this thing arrived, I was prepared. I was ready. I, and, and, and it was load shedding. So I had the lamps on charge, I like everything. I had to change batteries once, but you see why? Because I, I want to get this done. But what if God wants to speak to me while I'm getting this done? What if I can see this as just time that's not wasted, but actually something my wife and I do together? Time that's not wasted, but something that is now going to stand there and be a blessing to my family. Then why do I want it to do it as quickly as I can? Well, it was Saturday night, and it's church, and it's ministry, and, and all of that, so there's a good reason to it. But I saw a meme the other day that said, um, you know, if you do things with your kids, it's like you sweep the leaves, and they come with their little BSMP, and they sweep the leaves everywhere that they come from, you know. Or you mop the floor, and then they, they walk all over it. Or you wash the car, and they come with the muddy water in the puddle. Our little one yesterday, before we knew it, he was in the puddle, Blowing bubbles in the mud water, full weight. I was like, "How? Oh, who's your So I need to stop what I'm doing, deal with him, get him cleaned up. And the meme said, "Like doing things with your kids slows you down." And then almost says, "Yo, yo." And then the punchline is, "Isn't that the point?" Because we're running everywhere, and our kids are like, "Hey." It's not about dinner, it's about you. It's about us. It's not about bedtime. It's about being together. It's about being present in the moment. It's about letting father and son commune. And that's exactly the same with God. Except with God, it's the other way around. I feel we're rushing God. Can you imagine? But yet we are trying. And God says it's not about the destination. It's about now. It's about your story. It's about this moment. It's about you and me. Because if we're there quicker, people pray for a new job. God weighs the new job. The moment they get the job, they stop praying. Obviously not you, not us, other people. God says, I'll give you a job. Don't worry about the job. I'll give you food in the meantime. But can we just have this moment? Can we just spend this time together? Can we just look into each other's eyes, press pause and just enjoy the time? You know, God is in the waiting. Ask Gideon. When God moved constellations and planets to slow time, to turn time around. Amen? God is in the moment with us. He is not slow. He is not delaying things because He can. He is delaying things because He's gracious. You know, we are really enabled and invited to be better waiters 
Ecclesiastes 3.11 He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. And I think that's where we miss it. If I get this job, I want the next. If I get this job, I want a promotion. If I, like, if I get this car, I need the next. If I get an iPhone 14, I want to get an iPhone 15. Because we always think it's going to make us happy. But God says, hey, nothing, nothing, nothing in time is going to make you happy. It's only when you step out of time and into eternity that you find a purpose that your heart actually beats to. So that means if we live in eternity, then everything that takes time, we can just embrace. We can embrace the waiting. We can embrace the moment where we look at the post box and the red flag is not open. I know it's digital these days, but it's similar. We can embrace that moment when month end is, there's more months than money in your month. Like, because God is going to be in the moment. He gives us fresh manna every day. He could have given them, you know, my parents did shopping for a month. Pick and pay hyper. In Venters, Slaghuis in Boksburg. We bought an achterkwart and a lamb. And we put my mom, my mom's a golfie, like, we put the seat down and we packed it full. That's not how God works. <laughs> he wants it fresh every morning. Fresh, not frozen. You know, you get some nice convenience food these days. But nothing beats a home-cooked meal. Why? Time. The time it takes. But that time speaks of value, speaks of love. You can buy nice sauces with full of preservatives, but nothing beats something that's naturally spiced and cooked. The way God intended. Why don't we do it? Time. So who's missing out? You see, we think we're missing out because we're not seeing what we want to see. But we're missing out because we're not seeing what's happening. Because we're not walking by faith, we're walking by sight. Where God says, I don't look at the outward appearance, I look at the heart. So how are you doing in the waiting? I'm not asking what are you waiting for. That's a different song. How are you doing while waiting? And second question is, can we do a little better? I'm sure we can. We can all grow in this. Galatians 5.12.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, the Amplified says, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. Listen to this. I'm quoting verbatim from the Amplified Bible. It says, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Not the ability to wait. A lot of people can do the comrades. Some are going to complain all the way. Not the ability to wait, even though that is what some of us need, myself included. But how do we do, how do we act, how do we respond while we are waiting. I can, there's three things that I know of that I'm in a waiting, a holding pattern currently. And it's frustrating. 
you want to do things, and I pick up the phone, and I phone, and then they don't answer. I pick up the phone, and it's load shedding, and the phone doesn't go through. Or pick up the phone, and I leave a message, and they don't come back to me. Anyone with me? Serious stuff. Really serious stuff. Like, you want to just, like, take things into your own hands, and, and then I need to say, but there's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. Massive things that's, like, life-transforming. Life-altering. So I'm preaching to myself first today. Because I'm in this holding pattern of life. But guess what? As soon as these things come into place, there's going to be the next. There's going to be the next chapter. There's going to be the next story and resolution. Story and resolution. Noah, I know you're waiting for exam results, man. But expect. Don't wait. Expect. Keith, I know you're waiting for things to come through. Don't wait. Expect. Let's start birthing life in our faith this morning. Faith brings life. Hilda and Stephen, I know you're waiting for something better. Expect it. Let's turn our waiting into expectation this morning. Let's become pregnant with faith. Amen? Let's say, hey Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be better at waiting because I know you're in the waiting. You're not just causing the waiting, you are in the waiting. You are not just the one taking, waiting for me at the end. I've shared this before. One of the things that frustrated me the most playing rugby was when the coach was standing on the side on a Monday when we had fitness day, blowing the whistle and not feeling what we were feeling, suffering on the field. Because how would you know when it's too much if you're not in it with me? Was a lovely man, like, taught me so much. But that's not how God does it. God is with you. God co-labors with you. God invites you to do life with Him. He's not standing on the side blowing a whistle, giving instructions. No. He was on the cross before you and I were born. He was waiting for you to be born. Amen? He was expecting greatness the day you scouted your first cry. And He has not stopped since that day. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. Not as the eye sees, but as the heart believes. You see, we're not warriors in the waiting. We need to be pregnant with the expectation of glory. For Christ in you, Christ in me, that which was hoped for has manifested, is now true, is now inside of us. And guess who's waiting? Not you and I who believe. There's a bigger wait that people who have not yet heard are waiting. They're waiting to hear about His goodness. They're waiting to hear about His love. They're waiting to hear that their sins are forgiven. They're waiting to hear that they have been forgiven. No strings attached. No fine print. Because of Christ, they've been set free. And they are waiting to hear the good news. So let's not get distracted in our waiting when there's other people who still need to wake up to eternity. Amen? I'm not making light of the things that we're waiting on. I'm just saying in the eyes of, of that, what the cares of this world, that's what Mark 4 says. So when we leave this world, we leave those cares here. 
But there are people we care for. We, we're going to leave in this world as well if we don't tell them about Jesus. Because they will not be born into eternity with us. Let's not get distracted in the waiting. So I'm standing because I'm in... I thought it's two and then I realized it's three. There might be more. <laughs> really things that I'm waiting on to, to come to a conclusion, to a resolution, to, to come to what I can see should happen. But if there's anyone else here that want to stand with me as we just pray into these moments and into these things, I want to invite you to stand with me and say, Hey Lord, I'm waiting. I've been waiting a long time. But I want to wait better. Like, is it, like, I, I, want to, I want to grow in patience. I want to start expecting glory. I want to pray for you with me if you want to stand with me and just pray for you. You can find more of our free teachings on our website www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca